Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie To Have and Have Not from 1944. The studio was Warner Brothers. The release date was October 11th, 1944. The running time, 100 minutes, and it was in black and white. Leonard Maltin from his classic movie guide gives it 3.5 out of 4 stars. He writes, Ernest Hemingway's worst novel, (laughs) that's with quotes, forms the basis of Howard Hawks' version of Casablanca. As a tough skipper for hire, played by Humphrey Bogart, reluctantly becomes involved with the French resistance. Bogart's character less reluctantly woos even tougher Lauren Bacall in her film debut. Their legendary love scenes make the movie, but their solid performances, taut action, and a couple of songs. Now, I'm a huge fan of Humphrey Bogart, and as a kid, I would often seek out all of his films. And some of his best-known films were the ones he co-starred with Lauren Bacall. The couple would go on to make four films together, the other three being The Big Sleep, Dark Passage, and Key Largo. All right, let's get into the making of the film. So I've covered various points of Humphrey Bogart's career in different episodes on the podcast. In 1944, after years of being a bit player, Bogart was one of the top stars in Hollywood after the huge success of starring in High Sierra, The Maltese Falcon, and of course, Casablanca. While Bogart's career was thriving, his marriage to Mayo Metho was collapsing due to her mental issues along with her alcoholism. However, little did he know that his eventual co-star in To Have and Have Not would change not only his love life, but film history. Lauren Bacall was a teenage fashion model and appeared in popular magazines like Harper's Bazaar and Vogue. It was director Howard Hawks that discovered Bacall. Well, actually, it was his wife, Nancy Keith, who saw her in different fashion magazines and suggested that her husband give Bacall a screen test. And by the way, Nancy's nickname was Slim, which also factors into the film to have and have not, and we'll get into that. Hawks did indeed bring Bacall to Hollywood and signed her to an exclusive seven-year contract. Hawks transformed the model originally born as Betty Persky into the glamorous actress Lauren Bacall. Even though she had modeled for famous fashion magazines, this would be her first film, and it was a big picture with a major star. That just doesn't happen to everyone. With Bogart's help and tutelage, she often stole the show on screen. It was on this film that her sultry gaze began, as she would point her chin down and stare up in order to hide her nervousness. After the first three weeks of shooting, the romance between Bogart and Bacall began. Interestingly enough, Howard Hawks was upset and jealous that Bacall did not fall for him. Hawks instead had an affair with Dolores Moran, the other female in this film, along with a female extra named Dorothy Davenport. Even though Bogart was fed up with his marriage, he was still technically married, and his wife, sensing something was brewing, would appear on set. The crew would alert Bogart when his wife would appear on set and cover for him. Bogart would divorce his wife in February of 1945, and after the wrapping of The Big Sleep later that year, he became engaged to Bacall. The couple remained married until Bogart's death in 1957. Howard Hawks had always wanted to direct an adaptation of Ernest Hemingway's novel, which he frankly told Hemingway that it was his worst novel. Hawks and Hemingway were friends, by the way. The original story was about rum smugglers in Cuba who get involved with the revolutionary bank robbers. 
However, because the United States had a quote-unquote good neighbor policy with Latin American countries at the time, and the president was FDR, that's Franklin Delano Roosevelt if you didn't know, so this plot point was nixed as the policy meant that the U.S. had a hands-off approach to the domestic affairs of Latin American countries, and the FDR administration wanted to avoid upsetting Cuba. This is why the country Barnique was selected. And with the European conflicts involving Germany occurring at the time, the timing couldn't have been better historically. William Faulkner, also a legendary writer, was tasked to write the screenplay adaptation by Hawks. This movie is the only time two Nobel Prize winners in literature were credited on one film. Okay, let's get into the film. So it opens in the French colony of Martinique in 1940. We are introduced to Harry Morgan, played by Humphrey Bogart, who runs a fishing boat in Fort de France. His friend and shipmate is Eddie, played by Walter Brennan, who is often drunk or sleeping off the effects of his last bender. Harry is loyal to Eddie when most folks would just cast him off as a loser rummy. Captain Morgan. What can I do for you today? Same thing as yesterday. You and your client wish to make a temporary exit from the port? That is right. Name? <laughs> Harry Morgan. Nationality? Eskimo. What? American. Name a ship? Queen Conch, Key West, Florida. We're going fishing, same as we've been doing every day for over two weeks. We'll be back tonight, and I don't think we'll go more than 30 miles offshore. Fire finds, please. One more thing. You will go nowhere near the vicinity of territorial waters, Saint-Lucie or La Dominique. Not a new order? Yes, the decree was issued last night by His Excellency Admiral Robert, Governor General of the French West Indies. Oh, good for him. Well, any complaints? Bring it. You're my pal, Harry. You sure got him this morning. <laughs> we got him every morning. Not last Tuesday. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. You're right, Eddie. Well, here's the ratio. Give him a hand, will you? Good morning, mon capitaine. Good morning. You get the bait? Yes, sir. Plenty of heat. That guard took a bottle of our beer. That's all right. Mr. Johnson can afford it. Harry, can I have Just one. 
morning. Morning. Morning, Mr. Johnson. Well, we go now. Oh, it's up to you. What sort of a day will it be? Well, I don't know. Just about like yesterday, only better. Let's go out there. Okay, hop aboard. Damn mind, I can't talk. All right, we'll come Oh, Mr. Johnson. Yeah. I gotta get some gas. All right. Yeah, well, I'll need money for that. How much? Well, 28 cents a gallon, uh, 40 gallons, that'll be $11.20. There's $15. I'll get you some change at the gas shop. Never mind, put it against what I owe you. Let her go. Johnson, played by Walter Sand, hires Harry and his boat often, but he's a terrible sport fisher, often losing the large fish, and even loses the rod and reel over the side of the boat when he can't control the catch. After docking for the day, Eddie tries to collect from Johnson for the 16 days of expenses accrued by him and the lost rod, which comes out to $825. Johnson says he doesn't have the money on him. He'll have to wait until the banks are open the next day. Eddie has no choice but to agree to wait. In the meantime, they head into town for a drink. Hey, look there. I thought everybody took the flag in after 6 o'clock. Well, most of them do. That's fishy for you. It's their flag. See you later. Entendu. Pardonnez-moi. Gentlemen. May I have your names? What for? I heard this gentleman make a disparaging reference to Vichy. Well, I never said anything about Vichy, did I? I don't know. I wasn't paying much attention. Your names, please. Now, look, we're American. Now, his name's Johnson. My name's Morgan. We're living over at the Marquis Hotel. That do you? Merci beaucoup. Oh, after I get the banks there on 10, 30, 11 o'clock? I'll be waiting for you. Any trouble, Harry? Oh, no, Frenchie. Then you are free after today. Yeah, why? Uh, there were some people in here today. They wanted to hire your boat. Fisherman? No, some friends of friends of mine. Not a chance. Bonjour, monsieur. Thank you. Please, listen to me, Harry. They only want to use your boat for one night. They'll pay you well. what? I'd like to oblige you, Frenchie, but I can't afford to get mixed up in your local politics. But I will not speak if it were not important. I... Please, can I go with you to your room? Well, sure, come ahead. Anybody got a match? 
Thanks. Who's that? She came in this afternoon, the plane from the south. The Woman is Marie Browning by Lauren Bacall. The last scene was the beauty of early Hollywood, as Bacall's sultry look and with barely saying anything verbally conveys a mysterious aura that was so prevalent in early black and white films. Plus, the use of smoking cigarettes was a key part of early cinema as well. The man at the hotel bar named Frenchie is trying to convince Harry to rent out his boat to an underground political party. It's the French resistance who want to use the boat to smuggle in people who are in countries that have been invaded by the Nazis. Harry doesn't want to get involved with anything political on either side. Harry goes back to the bar and sees Marie and Johnson together. Marie ends up singing with the band. But Harry also notices what she's really up to for real. Into 
What do you think you're going to do? I'm going to get that wallet, Slim. I'd rather you wouldn't call me Slim. I'm a little too skinny to take it kindly. Quit the baby talk. Which is it? You know, Steve, I wouldn't put it past you. I didn't know you were a hotel detective. Johnson's my client. He doesn't speak so well of you. Well, he's still my client. You ought to pick on somebody to steal from that doesn't owe me money. He dropped it and I picked it up. Well, you were going to give it back to him, of course. No. No, I wasn't. I don't like him. That's a pretty good reason. Besides, I need boat fare to get out of Martinique. That's another good reason, but you'll have to get it from somebody else. Harry gives Marie the nickname of Slim, while Harry is called Steve by her. While walking through Johnson's wallet, Harry notices a plane ticket for the next morning. This means that Johnson wasn't going to pay Harry or get the cash when the banks open. Turns out Marie did Harry a big favor by boosting Johnson's wallet, which also had $1,400 in traveler's checks in it. Harry has Marie go back down to the hotel bar to give Johnson back his wallet. In a terrific scene where Johnson first acts indignant that Marie stole his wallet, his tune quickly changes when Harry asks him to make sure that everything is still in his wallet. Realizing that he's been caught in a lie with Harry with regards to paying him the $825, Johnson cowers and has to give Harry the money he owes him. However, a more pressing issue suddenly occurs at the bar. Hundred and twenty-five. Yeah. Well, if they move, stay where you are. Stay where you are. I think I'm sitting on somebody's cigarette. Stay right where you are and keep quiet. Stay right where you are. 
Who's that? Sûreté Nationale. Gestapo, huh? Mm-hmm. A lot of them, isn't there? What happened to this man? A stray bullet. His name is Johnson, an American. Unfortunate. Take him away. Yes, sir. Call attention. Your attention, everyone. All this is regrettable, but there is no cause for alarm. We are only interested in those persons who have broken the rules laid down for their behavior. We shall pick out certain individuals. Those we do not designate will leave immediately. This place will then remain closed for tonight. This man? You? You? And Mademoiselle? Was you ever bit by a dead bee? Come with me, please. Harry and Marie are picked by Capitan Renard, played by Dan Seymour, for questioning. Though the police are French, they essentially work for the Gestapo, which is the German police. This is whom the French resistance are fighting against. The stray bullets were meant for the resistance and ended up hitting and killing Johnson. Harry's also out $825, which is more of his concern at this point. The corrupt police take Harry's own cash and passport, and while Harry agrees to mind his own business, he doesn't take kindly to them trying to rough up Marie. They both are allowed to leave when Renard realizes he's got nothing on them. Realizing they're both out of cash, Marie does what she does best and ends up scoring a bottle of booze from a guy that's smitten with her. She brings the bottle back to Harry's room. How long have you been away from home? This is about the time for it, isn't it? Time for what? Story of my life. Where do you want me to begin? I got a pretty fair idea already. Who told you? You did? That slap in the face you took. Yeah, what about it? You hardly blinked an eye. It takes a lot of practice to be able to do that. Yeah, I know a lot about you, Slim. The next time I get slapped, I'd better do something about it. Hey, you forgot your drink. I don't want it. Who's sore now? I am. Who is it? It's me. The door's unlocked. You forgot your bottle. I said I didn't want it. Look, I'm tired and I want to get some sleep. That's not a bad idea. What made you so mad? I've been mad ever since I met you. Most people are. One look and you made up your mind just what you wanted to think about me. You were... Oh, what's the use? Go ahead. Keep on going. You don't know me, Steve. It doesn't work. I brought that bottle up here to make you feel cheap. That didn't work either. Instead, I'm the one who feels cheaper. I've never felt that way before. I wanted... I thought that maybe...
go on, get out of here, will you, before I make a complete fool of myself? How long have you been away from home, Slim? It's not a... About six months. Going back? How? What are you going to do here? I don't know. Get a job, maybe. Jobs are hard to get. I don't think you'd like to be here anyway. Remind you of somebody, Steve? Oh. <laughs> That's brand new to me. I like it. Would you go back if you could? I'd walk. If it wasn't for all that water. You'll get back all right. What the? Here's that bottle again. Quite a problem, isn't it? You want a drink? Nope. I thought you were tired and going to bed. Yeah, I know. I thought so, too. You gave me something to think about. You said you might be able to help me. That's right. But how can you do that if... Steve, you're going to take that job with those men that were up here with Frenchie? Yeah, if I can find what's left of them. I flew over Devil's Island. Doesn't look like such a high-class resort. Uh, that's what I heard. Well, I don't want to be the cause. Look, don't you get the idea I'm doing this just to help you? I need money, too. Won't Frenchie help you out without you having to do that? I don't want his help. Don't do it, will you, Steve? Look, didn't you ask don't me over it. the... Why don't you take this bottle and go to bed? Here, can you use this? I thought you said you were broke. You're good. You're awful good. I'd walk home if it wasn't for all that water. Who was the girl, Steve? Who was what girl? The one who left you with such a high opinion of women. She must have been quite a gal. You think I lied to you about this, don't you? Well, it just happens there's 30-odd dollars here. Not enough for boat fare or any other kind of fare. Just enough to be able to say no if I feel like it. And you can have it if you want it. I'm sorry, Slim. But I still say you're awful good and I wouldn't Oh, I forgot. You wouldn't take anything from anybody, would you? That's right. You know, Steve, you're not very hard to figure. Only at times. Sometimes I know exactly what you're going to say. Most of the time. The other times... The other times you're just a stinker. What'd you do that for? Been wondering whether I'd like it. What's the decision? 
I don't know yet. It's even better when you help. Uh, sure you won't change your mind about this? Uh-huh. This belongs to me and so do my lips. I don't see any difference. Oh, I do. Okay. You know you don't have to act with me, Steve. You don't have to say anything and you don't have to do anything. Not a thing. Oh, maybe just whistle. You know how to whistle, don't you, Steve? You just put your lips together and blow. The last scene is why film fans love films with Bogart and Bacall. There was an undeniable chemistry between the two actors that has rarely been found on film, even for real-life couples like they were. And for film history, you're seeing the blossoming relationship caught on screen. And of course, the whistle line is one of the most famous in film history as well. At the funeral for Humphrey Bogart, Lauren Bacall put a whistle in his coffin. It, of course, was a reference to this famous line in the film, where she says, you know how to whistle, don't you? You just put your lips together and blow. The next day, Harry has a change of heart about letting the Resistance use his boat. However, according to him, it's not a moral reason. He's simply out of money after having it confiscated by Renard. He needs the funds. He also has a surprise for Marie when he visits her at the cafe. What is that you're playing? Did you say something? Yeah, what's the name of that tune? Why isn't that a name yet? I've just been fooling around with the lyrics. They're not so hard either. Would you like to hear them? Sure. Ticket on the plane this afternoon, it leaves at four. Can you make it? Sure. You took that job, didn't you? Uh-huh. See, I figured this way you wouldn't get your feet wet. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's what you wanted, wasn't it? Sure, but I just... You want me to go, don't you? Yes, I want you to go. Okay, Steve. Help her get on that plane, will you, Cricket? I sure will, Harry. 
Well, I'm going to be pretty busy from now on, so I probably won't see you again. If I ever get up your yeah, way, I'll... Yeah, do that. I'll leave my address with Frenchie so you can find me. Huh. Maybe I'll know how to whistle by then. So long, Slim. So long, Steve. nice while it lasted. Maybe it's better this way, Slim. I don't know. You haven't known him very long. He's a funny guy. Yeah. Harry begins on his job to pick up a husband and wife and return to Martinique. However, Eddie sneaks on board after being told by Harry he couldn't join them. Even though Eddie is in need of a drink, he's still helpful to Harry. this gun and get back there in the stern. If any trouble, start shooting. Yeah, but don't shoot me. Yeah, but supposing something happens to you, what do I do then? What do I know? You invited yourself on this trip, not me. I'd get back there. Morgan, Beauclair sent me. Get that light out of my face. Is something way out of my gun. What happened to Beauclair? Oh, he ran into a little trouble. What's your name? De Brissac. That's the name. All right, Eddie. Come on aboard. Hey, wait a minute. He didn't say anything about a woman. Permit me, Captain. This is my wife, Madame de Brissac. Now, how do you do? What do you want to bring her? Well, it's your funeral. All right, let's get out of here. Oh, my gosh, you were you guys are fighting, lugging your wives around with you. Don't you get enough Mr. from it? I don't. You say you're being paid for this. That's right. Then I suggest you stop talking and take us to Martinique. Well, that's where we're heading right now. Harry runs into trouble when a patrol boat approaches. Harry opens fire on the patrol boat to shoot out their spotlight. The male refugee is shot and wounded from the return gunfire, but Harry avoids being caught. Harry drops off the couple on a rowboat for the rest of their journey into town. 
Harry and Eddie make it back into town without any further issues. When Harry goes back to the cafe, he finds that Marie never got on the plane back to America. She has decided to stay in Martinique as a singer. It seems that Marie is too smitten with Harry for her own good. The wounded refugee is in dire need of medical attention, but there is no way for a real doctor to be called. The owner of the hotel pleads with Harry to help and reluctantly agrees to help tend to the wounded man. How long have you been unconscious? Just a few minutes. And I'll look good. Well, he's got some fever and his pulse is a little low. Be all right, though, as soon as we get the bullet out of him. You're not to touch him, do you hear? That's all right with me. I'm not getting paid. Please, she doesn't know what she's saying. She's not herself. Who is she? Harry, you promised. Look, you want to help your husband, don't you? Yes. Well, use your head. We can't get a doctor without giving the whole show away. Besides, he's probably got as good a chance with me as anybody. I'm not going to let you do it. Well, why not? He's no different than anybody else. He's just a little sicker, that's all. That means he's not worth so much. Now, look at you. Never know that crack at me later on. Hello, Slim. Hello. Miss Browning, Madame de Boussac. Don't get tough with Slim. She's out to slap you back. That's what you said you'd do, wasn't it? Bring the water in here. Wait a minute. He's only trying to help you. Who are you? Nobody. Just another volunteer. Where do you want this water? In that basin. Is it hot? Water. All right, then pour some of this in it. And drop these in. You better get out of here. You may not like this. I'll be all right. All right, then take this. What is it? Chloroform. Get over there by your husband's head, and if he comes to while I'm probing, pour some of that stuff in a hunk of cotton and get him over of it. Don't open it till I tell you to. Bring that lamp a little closer so I can see what I'm doing. That's good. All right, Slim. There's your bullet. I told you it was spent. It would have smashed the bone. All right, I don't need that. Oh, 
right. You finished bandaging it up. Please have tip in the box. I gotta get Nursie out of here. She never will come to. What are you trying to do? Guess her weight? She's heftier than you think. Their clothes. You've been doing all right. Uh, maybe you better look after her husband. He's not going to run out on me. Neither is she. Steve, is it all right if I give her a little whiff of this? <laughs> Man, there are so many great wines in this film, and the last few wines are delivered perfectly by Bacall. All right, there's about 25 minutes left and plenty of plot points to still be answered. Will Harry and Marie end up together? How will the wounded refugee fare? Along with the resistance battle against the corrupt police. Well, it's all answered in this terrific film that is a must-watch for fans of classic cinema. Also, the final scene of the film is fabulous. So while this film is mandatory viewing for fans of Bogart and Bacall, the supporting role of Walter Brennan really makes this film top-notch. And if you don't want to wait to find out how things end up, I do have a radio adaptation coming up shortly. Alright, some fun facts. So unlike many actresses at the time, Lauren Bacall's singing was not dubbed into the final edit of the film. When Howard Hawks discovered Lauren Bacall, he gave her the choice of working with either Cary Grant or Humphrey Bogart. She, of course, was very tempted to work with Grant, but Hawks ended up casting her with Bogart in this film. While Walter Brennan was preparing for his role as Eddie, his friend, sound effects technician Jack Foley, suggested to him that he put a rock in his shoe to create a limp. Brennan did so, and that is how he learned his rather genuine-looking fake limp. So the 1946 Looney Tunes short called Bacall to Arms was spoofing scenes from To Have and Have Not and featured Bogey Go-Kart, and Lauren Be Cool. It's actually included as a special feature on the DVD release of To Have and Have Not. From 1951 to 52, Bogart and Bacall participated in a weekly half-an-hour radio series called Bold Venture. It was intended to be the spin-off To Have and Have Not. All right, I did mention a radio adaptation. It came from the Lux Radio Theater from October 14, 1946. Of course, Bogart and Bacall are in it. So why don't I play that for you now, and then I'll be back next week to talk about yet another random movie from my DVD collection. Lux presents Hollywood. The Lux Radio Theater brings you Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall in To Have and Have Not. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. William Keeley. Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. We've had many premieres on the Lux Radio Theater. And tonight, on our 12th anniversary, we bring you one of Hollywood's most fascinating couples. Together, for the first time on the air, they are Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall co-starred in Warner Brothers' thrilling screenplay, To Have and Have Not. To Have and Have Not is a story of intrigue and action, with Lauren Bacall in the sultry and romantic role 
that won her instantaneous acclaim. To bring the Bogart family to rehearsals, we had to lure them from their brand new mountain home, where, along with a dog, 14 chickens, and eight ducks, they are still in the process of getting settled. No phone as yet, no tables, and no drapes. But if you should drop in on a friendly visit of inspection, as I did, you'd find Lux Flakes doing their part in washing curtains, bedspreads, blankets, etc., etc., etc. When I commented on this fact, uh, Bogey assured me that on his 54-foot yawl in Newport Harbor, which is the Bogart's home away from home, Lux Flakes are a standard part of the equipment making this family loyal to Lux Flakes on land and sea. It's curtain time, and here's the first act of To Have and Have Not, starring Humphrey Bogart as Harry Morgan and Lauren Bacall as Mary Browning. In 1940, following the fall of France, the rule of the new Vichy government stretched to a group of islands due east and south of the tip of Florida, the French West Indies, among them the island of Martinique. It's early evening. At a little town on the Martinique coast, a boat has just come into port. All right, Eddie, tie her up. That's what I'm doing, Harry. Tie her up good. Well, Mr. Johnson, want to go out again in the morning? No, I'm fed up with this kind of fishing. Yeah, I can see how you would be. You hook a couple of marlin that any good fisherman would give his life to tie in when you lose them both. Yeah, Mr. Johnson, you're just unlucky. Shut up, Eddie. Uh, about my bill. Sixteen days plus the rod and reel you lost overboard. The fishing tackle's your risk. Not when you lose it the way you did. I paid for the rent of it every day. Now, look, if you hired a car and ran it over a cliff, you'd have to pay for it. Well, that's entirely different. Not if you was in it. That's a good one, Harry. Yeah, that's a good one, Eddie. Now, look, I'm not trying to... I lost that gear through carelessness. It cost me 275 bucks. Then there's 16 days, it's 35 a day. That's a total of 835 bucks. I'll... I'll go to the bank in the morning. I was figuring you'd pay me off tonight. I don't keep cash like that at the hotel. Okay. Well, let's go up and have a drink. Why not? All right, lock up, Eddie. You mean I can't go with you? That's just what I mean. That drunken old fool. Hey, look, Mr. Johnson, Eddie's my worry, see? Now, don't you worry about Eddie. Well, are you coming or not? Yeah, I'm coming. Well, monsieur, what luck today? Now, not so good, Frenchie. Couple of bourbons straight. What are you doing behind the bar, Frenchie? Oh, a small hotel like this, Harry. The proprietor does a little bit so, uh, the fish would not bite, eh? Uh, maybe tomorrow you do better, eh? Not me. I'm through. This is my last day. Oh, that's too bad, eh? Yeah. Well, here's to you. I'm going to wash up. Oh, uh, that bill was 800 and... Uh, 835 uh, bucks. 835. Oh, Johnson. Yeah? What time tomorrow morning? Oh, uh, after the bank opens, around 10.30. I'll be waiting. Harry. You are free after today? Uh, no more fishing parties? Why? There are some people who want to hire your boat. No, not a chance. They only want it for one night, Harry. They pay well. Well, I can't afford to get mixed up in politics. I would not speak it if you are not in You better not speak at all. Company's coming. Company? Oh, good evening, mademoiselle. 
Anybody got a match? Oh, yeah. Here's a match. Thanks. Hey, who's that? She came in on the afternoon plane. Oh. Well, about my boat, I know what your sympathies are, and it's all right for you, but I don't want any part of it. They are coming here tonight, Harry, to talk to you. Well, then get word to them. They'd be wasting their time. Oh, I am sorry. Yeah, me too. I've been looking all over for What's you. doing, Frenchy? Those men wanted to see you. I was unable to reach them. Well, tell them when I get here. It is dangerous for them to come here at all, but to come here for nothing. Oh, you don't even listen. Well, I'm looking to my client, Mr. Johnson. What's that dame doing with Johnson? Dame? The one who was out of matches. Oh, 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 she's been with Johnson all evening. Her name is Browning, Marie Browning. Oh, she's leaving. Yeah, so am I. Someplace? Just to my room, if you don't mind. Oh, I don't mind, but mine's much closer. It's right here. Say, mister, what's got into you? Come on, let's have it. Have what? Johnson's wallet. I want that wallet, Slim. I'd rather you wouldn't call me Slim. You see, Steve, I'm a little too skinny to take it kindly. I'll quit the baby talk and hand it over. I didn't know you were a hotel detective. Johnson's my client. He didn't speak so well of you. Well, he's still my client. Here. That's more like it. Johnson owes me money. You know, you ought to pick on somebody to steal from who doesn't owe me money. He dropped his wallet and I picked it up. And you were going to give it back to him? No. No, I wasn't. I don't like him. Well, that's a pretty good reason. Besides, I need boat fare to get out of Martinique. That's another good reason. Well, what's in it? Sixty bucks, a plane ticket, and fourteen hundred dollars in traveler's checks... Did you expect more? Well, that bird owed me 835 bucks. And he said he'd have to go back to the bank tomorrow and all the time he's got a ticket on a plane leaving at daylight. Then I've done you a favor. That's right. I'm entitled to something. See, what do you think is fair? 50-50? Well, or... company. Oh, please, Harry, I told him what you said, but I insisted on... It is not Gerard's fault, Mr. Morgan. I, I am Jean Beauclair. Come in, boys, and close the door. I told Gerard I wasn't interested. Wait a minute, this girl. I'd better go. No, stick around. It's all right to talk in front of you, isn't it, Slim? Go ahead. I don't mind. We'll give you 2,500 francs. We'd offer you more, but we haven't got it. Sorry, my boat's not available. I thought all Americans were friendly to our side, Monsieur Morgan. Yeah, well, there's a rumor they put fellows on Devil's Island for doing what you're doing. I'm not that friendly hey. to anybody. Hey, hey. Who's that? Relax. In here, Eddie. Hiya, Harry. See, I wanted to talk to you about the... Hey, who are these guys? I saw them hanging around the dock after you left. For one who drinks, you have a good memory. Yeah, drinking don't bother my memory. If I did, I wouldn't drink. Forget how good it was. Say, was you ever bit by a dead bee? I have no memory of ever being bitten by any kind of bee. Were you, Eddie? Was I? <laughs> Say, you're all right. You know, you got to be careful of dead bees if you go around barefooted. Because if you step on them, they sting you just as bad as if they's alive. I bet I've been bit a hundred times that way. Well, why don't you bite them back? That's what Harry always says. <laughs> but I ain't got no stinger. Please, must we listen to this? <laughs> All right, Eddie. <laughs> what do you want? Uh, huh? Oh, uh, I guess I forgot, Harry. Yeah, well, then I'll see you down at the dock later on tonight. Say, Harry, could you let me have a couple Here, of... Here, 
Thanks. You're all right, Harry. Well, just so long. Now, look, Beauclair, I don't care who runs France or Martinique or who wants to run it. You'll have to get somebody else's boat. You're leaving? Yeah. Make yourselves at home. Good night, gentlemen. Sorry, Beauclair, but I got a client waiting downstairs. Come on, Slim. I want to see Johnson's face when you hand him back his wallet. Still sitting at the same table. Hey, where you been? I've been looking all over for you. You're a fine one, Morgan, running off with my girl. She's got something she wants to give you, Mr. Johnson. Go ahead, Slim. Hand it over. <laughs> That's my my wallet. Yeah. Where'd you get this? I stole it. Stole it? And just what are you going to do about the it? The question is, what are you going to do about it? Maybe you'd better look it over. Oh, uh, uh, it's all right, I'm sure. Oh, you better be sure the plane ticket's still there. Goodbye, Mr. Morgan. You're not staying, huh? No, we're not staying. Excuse the interruption, Mr. Uh, now, look, I was going to pay you off. Sure, you were going to sign some of those traveler's checks, weren't you? I wouldn't skip out on you. Yeah, well, here's a pen. Start signing. Uh, 835. That's right, 835. Oh, oh, what's that? What's going on there? Police. Look, Steve, those men are adjusting your room. They're after Pipe down, baby, and duck. <laughs> Harry, he's dead. Mr. Johnson is dead. Yeah, that's right, Frenchy. Stray bullet. He couldn't ride any faster than he could duck. How do you feel, Slim? Oh, I'm fine, Steve. Just uh, fine. Not a minute and those traveler's checks would have been good. Has it struck you it might be an idea to get out of here? Oh, it is no use. They were after your friends, huh, Beauclair? Yes. You, Gerard, stay where you are. Remember, you know nothing. Is it? They're not regular cops. No, Super National. Gestapo, huh? Yes, yes, quiet, not quiet. What happened to this man on the floor? Uh, a stray bullet, monsieur. His name is Johnson, an American. Unfortunate. Take him away. Your attention, everyone. There is no cause for alarm. Inspector Renard is only interested in those persons who have violated regulations. Monsieur Gerard. Uh, yes? Headquarters for questioning. And you? Not nice to point, Lieutenant. The name's Morgan. Shut up. You, mademoiselle. Say, Steve, was you ever bit by a dead bee? You will come with us at once. Hello? No, I told you nothing new. Buckley and others escaped. I don't know. Yes, yes, later. Now then, you were saying, Monsieur Morgan, you did not know those men. That's right, Inspector. What was your connection with the dead man, Monsieur Johnson? He chartered my boat. But he was leaving Martinique in the morning, eh? Ah, his wallet here. There is no money in it, only traveler's checks. Yeah, well, there was some money in it. Sixty bucks, I took it. Why? Because he owed me over eight hundred. You will surrender it, please. Now, wait a minute. And your passport. But do not be concerned. If your claim is just, it will be returned. That is all at the moment. Mademoiselle? Yes? Mary Browning, American, age 22. How long have you been in the city? I arrived by plane this afternoon. Residence? Hotel Marquis. Where did you come from? Trinidad. Alone? Yes. Why did you get off here? To buy a new hat. Why? To buy a new hat. Read the label. Maybe you'll believe me then. I never doubted you. It is your tone that is objectionable. I will ask you again. Because I didn't have money enough to go further. Where were you when the shooting occurred? I was in... You don't have to answer that stuff. Shut up, you. Don't answer it. I told you to shut up. Go ahead. Slap me. Monsieur Morgan, we wish merely to get to the bottom of this affair. Well, you'll never do it by slapping people around. It's bad luck. We shall see. 
If we need to question you further, you will be at the hotel? Well, you've got my dough and my passport. I'm stuck. By the way, what are your sympathies? Minding my own business. May I suggest... I don't any... need any advice about continuing to do it either. Let's go, Slim. How do you feel? I'm breathing fresh air again, but I don't understand all this. What's it about, Steve? Well, you, you see that character I know it works for Vichy. You, you, you know what that is. Yeah, something you put in a drink, isn't it? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's close enough. Well, well, the other fellows, the ones they were shooting at in the hotel there, they're free French. Most of the people on the island are, but they haven't been able to do much about it. You know, I could use a drink. Well, there's a cafe across the street, but... Uh-oh, I forgot no dough. Those guys cleaned me out, remember? Maybe I can do something about that. Another Mr. Johnson, maybe. Oh, uh, any objections? Well, if you're that thirsty, go ahead. You don't mind? I'll wait out here. If I get tired, I'll be back at the hotel. You're not sore, are you? Oh, why should I be? I won't be long. wait for me very long, did you? No. You're sore, aren't you? Well, why should I be sore? Oh, I didn't behave very well, did I? <laughs> yeah, you did all right, I see. You got a bottle. There was a naval officer. I asked for a bottle and he gave it to me. Just like that? Yeah, he was feeling good, but you're not. Now, look, I don't give a... I know, I know. You don't give a hoop what I do, but when I do it, you get sore. After all, you told me to, you know. I told you. Oh, you said go ahead, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. I guess I did. Would you rather I wouldn't do things like that? Oh, why ask me? I'd like to know. Well, of all the screwy... All right, I won't do it anymore. Now, look, I didn't I say... know you didn't. Don't worry. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, well, as long as you do, sit down. How long have you been away from home? This is about the time for it, isn't it? The story of my life. Well, I got a pretty fair idea already. Who told you? You did that slap you took from Reynard, you hardly blinked an eye. It takes practice to be able to do that. The next time I get slapped, I'll be sure to do something about it. Hey, you forgot your bottle. I don't want it. Who's sore now? I am. Who is it? It's me. The door's unlocked. Here's your bottle. I said I didn't want it. Oh, you are sore, aren't you? I asked you a question, you didn't answer me. I said you're sore, aren't you? Look, I'm tired. I'd like to get some sleep. What's made you so mad? I've been mad ever since I met you. Most people are. One look and you made up your mind just what you wanted to think about me. Well, go ahead. Keep going. You don't know me at all, Steve. It doesn't work, Steve. I brought that bottle up here to make you feel cheap. And that didn't work either. Instead, I'm the one who feels cheap, and I... I've never felt that way before. I... I wanted to... Well, I thought that... Oh, get out of here, will you, before I make a complete fool of myself. How long have you been away from home, Slim? None of... Home about six months. Going back? How? Well, what are you going to do here? I don't know. Get a job, maybe. Jobs are hard to get. Hmm. Nice perfume. Remind you of somebody, Steve? No, this is a brand new one to me. Would you go back if you could? I'd walk if it weren't for all that water. Good night, Steve. Good night. 
Quit worrying. You'll get back all right. Could I see you for a minute? What the... Oh, all right. Open the door. Here's that bottle again. Yeah, that uh, bottle's getting to be quite a problem, isn't it? Well, you want a drink? No. Well, I thought you were so tired. I am. But you gave me something to think about. You said you might be able to help me. That's right. You're going to take that job with those men Frenchie brought up here? Yeah, if I can find what's left of them. But don't get the idea I'd take that job just to help you. I need money, too. Wait a minute. Here, can you use this? Oh, now, that's great. She carries a dough in her shoe. And I thought you said you were broke. Oh, you're awful good, Slim. I'd walk home if it weren't for all that water. Who was the girl, Steve? Who was what girl? The one who left you with such a high opinion of women. You think I lied to you about this money, don't you? Well, there's $32 here. Not enough for boat fare or any other kind of fare. But you can have it if you want it. I'm sorry. I still say you're awful good and I wouldn't... I know. You wouldn't take anything from anyone. You know, Steve, you're not very hard to figure. Only at times. Most of the time, I know exactly what you're going to say. The other times... The other times, you're just a stinker. What'd you kiss me for? I've been wondering whether I'd like it. What's the decision? I don't know yet. Do you know now? Well, that was better. Uh, you're sure you won't change your mind about the money? Uh-huh. The money belongs to me, and so do my lips. I don't see any difference. Oh, I do. Okay. You know you don't have to act with me, Steve. You don't have to say anything, and you don't have to do anything. Not a thing. Oh, maybe just whistle. You know how to whistle, don't you, Steve? You just put your lips together and blow. You just put your lips together and... (laughs) Our stars, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, will return with Act Two of To Have and Have Not in just a moment. Where have you been today, Libby? Sure, and I've been drinking Cambridge tea with a sweet and gracious little lady. Oh, someone with an Irish brogue. <laughs> a temporary brogue. Margaret O'Brien had to learn it for her part in Metro Gold Mayor's Three Wise Fools, so she loves to practice it. Margaret never lacks for admirers. Oh, everyone she works with adores her. It's no wonder she's so convincing in Three Wise Fools when she wraps the three old bachelors around her finger. Lionel Barrymore, Lewis Stone, and Edward Arnold enjoyed it thoroughly. Margaret takes a keen interest in the other actors, doesn't she? Oh, yes. I don't know whether she was more intrigued by a troop of midgets who masquerade as fairies or by lovely Sid Charisse, the famous ballerina. Margaret dances in her next picture, so Sid taught her some ballet steps between scenes in MGM's Three Wise Fools. Sounds like quite a stocking risk for Sid. Oh, no. Her stockings hardly ever get run. She told Margaret the fairies helped her. The fairies in a box of Lux flakes? <laughs> You've guessed it. Having a box of Lux is just like having a troop of fairy godmothers to help you. That's right. Lux helps stockings last twice as long, so you get the wear of an extra pair from everyone you buy. That's just like having a fairy godmother present you with an extra pair. You're sure that's no fairy tale? Quite. We've scientific tests to back it up. Dozens of stockings were washed with Lux flakes, the same number with a strong soap. 
Then strain tests were made to see how soon they'd go into runs. The Lux stockings lasted twice as long. Rayon, nylon, silk, and cotton all showed similar results. That's like finding extra stockings in every box of Lux. Remember, those Lux flakes are precious. Don't waste them. Here's your producer, William Keeley. Act two of To Have and Have Not, starring Humphrey Bogart as Harry Morgan and Lauren Bacall as Marie. Since escaping the Vichy police, Jean Beauclair of the French underground has been hiding out on the outskirts of town, a bullet wound in his leg. It's early morning now, and Beauclair has two visitors, Gerard, the hotel proprietor, and Harry Morgan. Last night, Mr. Morgan, you definitely refused to have anything to do with us. Why have you changed your mind? I need the money. Last night I didn't. What's the job? You will talk, take your boat to Angela. About three kilometers from the point. The cove and little jetty. Uh, you know it then? Yeah. You will go at night. When you're off the jetty, flash a light. It will be answered. There will be two people to take aboard. I know the name of only one. Paul de Brissac. Uh, how about landing him back here? Oh, not here. Uh, you know Cape uh, Saint-Pierre, Harry? Uh-huh. I will have a rowboat and we'll meet you there offshore. Okay, I'll leave around noon. With luck and no patrol boats, I'll be back at Saint-Pierre a little after midnight. Well, I won't be carrying lights, Frenchie, so keep your eyes open. If it weren't for, the, for this leg of mine... I'm glad you're on our side, Morgan. Oh, I'm not. I'm getting paid. Oh, uh, I'd like my money now. There, that envelope. Thanks. How is the leg? Please, I'd feel better if you were on your way. All right, good luck. You need the luck now. You and de Bersac. Oh, that girl, Morgan. The one you call Slim. Oh, she's leaving Martinique on the afternoon plane. We can both forget about her. <laughs> Morning, Steve. Have some breakfast? I had mine two hours ago. What have you been doing? Arranging so you could get in the afternoon plane. Can you make it? Sure. Frenchy here will see you get the ticket. Uh, gladly, if you wish. You took that job, didn't you? Yeah. I figured this way you wouldn't get your feet wet. You want me to go, Steve? Yes. I want you to go. Okay. Uh, help her get on that plane, will you, Frenchy? I will. Well, I've got to get down to the dock. I probably won't see you again. If I ever do get up your way, I'll... Yes, do that. I'll leave my address with Frenchie. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll know how to whistle by then. So long, Mr. Morgan. Well, it was nice while it lasted. Perhaps it is better this way, Miss Browning. A strange man. Very strange. Yeah. There. Come on out of there before I... Eddie. Put down the gun, Harry. It's just me. Well, now, how'd you get aboard? I thought I told I you... I sneaked to... on at the dock while you was working on the engines. Oh, if I thought you could swim, I'd dump you overboard. You're an old joker, Harry. You and me's got to stick together when there's trouble. How do you know there's trouble? You can't fool me. Say, where are we going? Eddie, what would you do if somebody took a shot at you? Took a shot at me? With a gun? Who's going to shoot at me? Well, if you're lucky, nobody. Harry, where are we going? I'll tell you when the time comes, sir. Oh, uh, put on a sweater. It's getting cold. Say, what's going on? What's all the darn guns for? Two rifles and... In case we run into a shark or something. And what do you mean, or something? We're going on a job. Can you shoot one of those things? Anybody knows how to handle a rifle. All you got to do is work the lever and pull the trigger. 
What do I got to work a gun for? I just wanted if he could. Sometimes you act so stupid, Harry. Sometimes... Is it going to be that bad? It all depends. That's why you didn't want to carry me. You was afraid I'd get hurt. You was thinking of me. (laughs) What are you laughing at? I was just wondering whether you're going to hold together or not. I'm a good man, Harry. You know I am. Yeah, well, we're going to pick up a couple of guys, Eddie. Now take this gun and get aft. If there's any trouble, start shooting. But don't shoot me. Yeah, but supposing something happens to you, what do I do then? How do I know? You invited yourself on this trip. We'll make an angel in about 30 minutes. Standing on the jetty. I see them come out of the shadows. Turn off that flashlight. Yes, monsieur. All right, get aboard. There's a strong tide here. We are coming. Who are you, please? The Beauclair sent me. My name's Morgan. It's all right, Elaine. Quickly now. Now, wait a minute. Beauclair didn't say anything about a woman. Don't meet me, Captain. This is my wife. How do you do? Now, what do you want to bring up? Well, it's your funeral. All right, Eddie, let's get out of here. What happened to Beauclair, Captain? Well, he ran into a little trouble. Monsieur Morgan, who are you? I own this boat. Beauclair hired me to pick you up. You're on our side? No. I don't understand. Well, I don't understand what kind of a war you guys was fighting. Lugging your wives around with you. You're being paid for this. That's what I said. Then I suggest you stop talking and get us to Martinique. That's just where we're going, sister. We'll hit the cape pretty soon, Harry. You want I should store the rifles? I said you want I should store... Shut up. There you go again. I ask you... Turn the motors off. Huh? Turn them off. See anything? You hear anything? No. Listen. There's a ship out there. Patrol boat. Take the wheel, Eddie. Why did you shut off your engine? Keep quiet. What is it? It is a patrol boat, ain't it? Here, give me that gun. You can't fight them guys. Oh, what's the matter, Eddie? This is where you ought to be telling me how good you are. Well, I can do it, but what do you want me to do? What does this mean, Monsieur Morgan? You and your wife get down on the deck and stay there. You'll try to resist them with a rifle? He's got a searchlight. They see get us. Get down on the deck. You save France. I'm going to save my boat. Stand by! Stand by or we'll fire! Harry, get the searchlight. Shoot it out. Well, I can try anyway. You got it, Harry. Hey, you want me to shoot too? Stay on that wheel. Full speed, Eddie. All she's got. Hurry. Oh, they're shooting at us. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. Save your breath, mister. They'll run us down. They'll sink us. Yeah, they might. That's a chance we'll have to take. Get down. Stop. Oh, oh, oh. Got him, huh? Yeah. Should have laid down. Down now. Do something. Please, do something. I am, lady. I'm getting us out of here. Coming in on the Cape, Harry. Yeah, yeah, take over for a while and watch for Frenchy's boat. Well, how's your husband? Please, help me get him on the seat. Now, we'll leave him where he is. It's just his arm. Besides, I don't want him bleeding all over my cushion. How can you be so heartless? That's something I ask myself at least once a day. Now, we'll be picking up Gerard any minute. He'll take care of both of you. Where will he take us? I don't know. There he is, Harry. Okay, slow down and watch the drift. Can't I get a drink now? Just one. Sorry, Eddie. I need one worse than you do.
Hello, Steve. Ah. That all you got to say? Oh, what's the idea, Slim? What happened to that plane? I missed it. Why? Didn't you like the accommodations? Or I didn't just you... decided to stay. Oh, now, look, well, I've, been I... to... I've been to a lot of trouble to get you out of here and... That's why I didn't go. Not sore, are you? Well, it'd be all right if I had any dough, well, but... I got a refund on the ticket. Here. Oh, that's going to help a lot. I'll be all right, Steve. I've got a job. Frenchie seems to think I can sing. Well, it's his place. Sometimes you make me so mad, I Harry, could... You could what? Harry. Harry, I need your help. The Bursaki is badly wounded. Well, the bullet hit the gun first and is practically spent. All you got to do is get somebody to take it out. We don't dare call a doctor. You could... Me? I'm hotter than any doctor right now. Don't you think they recognize my boat? All I got to do is walk out of here. You don't have to go out of here. The Bursaki is in the cellar. Oh, why didn't you put him in the goldfish bowl in the lobby? We had to do something. They're watching every road out of town. Well, Slim, you see what you got yourself into sticking around here? I'm ready to leave any time you are. Oh, Harry, Not please. a chance. Uh, uh, Harry, uh, my wife tells me your bill is overdue. 6,356 francs. Oh. We will be glad to dismiss the bill if you will do this for us. You'll, uh, you'll throw her bill in too, Slim's? Yes, plus two. Uh-huh. Okay, you'll find a medical kit inside, Slim. Bring it down to the cellar. Sure. And bring some boiling water, too. Get away from him. You're not to touch my husband. Well, that's all right with me. Oh, Harry, please. She's not yourself. Now, look, lady, they can't get a doctor without giving the whole show away. I won't let you do it. He's not badly hurt. He's unconscious because he's... Oh, come in, Slim. Hello. Miss Browning, this is Madame de Boussac. Who are you? Nobody, just another volunteer. What'll I do with this water, Steve? I dropped these instruments in it. You better get out of here, Mrs. Dubusak. You may not like this. I'll be all right. Then hold this can of chloroform. If he comes to while I'm probing, pour some on this cotton and give him a whip. Uh, don't open it until I tell you to. His arm. Look at it. How can you... Oh, fine, fine. She's out. Like a light. Madame, madame. Now, let her alone, Frenchie. Slim. Any chloroform left? Some. Enough, maybe. All right, fan those fumes away or we'll all be out. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Not towards her. Well, keep your fingers crossed. Let's have that dressing, Frenchie. Uh, here, Harry, here. Bandages? Now, you and Frenchie can do that. Adhesive tape in the box. I'm afraid the patient's going to recover. Well, I better get... Mercy, up off the floor. She may catch cold. Oh, she's all right. Just fainted. <sighs> I've got her. What are you trying to do? Guess her weight? Oh, she's heftier than you think. Maybe you'd better just look after her husband. He's not going to run out on me. Neither is she. Yeah, when you're finished, go upstairs and get some sleep and thanks for your help. I'd rather stay here. You heard me. Oh, for the lover. Now, what did I do? You know, Harry, before I told Miss Browning, you are a very strange man. Now I tell you, she is a very strange girl. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. That is what she said. Yeah. Well, how do you feel now? Very stupid. I'm not in the habit of fainting. Well, your husband's okay. I just put him to sleep again with a pill. I, I'll stay here with him. Tell me, uh, why did you tag along on a trip like this? I wanted to be with him. Well, that's no reason. I was also told to come. 
They said no man was much good if he left someone behind for the Nazis to find and hold. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense. I told them I'd be no good, but I was afraid. Now I've made Paul that way, too. Now he's afraid. Well, he didn't invent it. Invent what? Being afraid. Thank you, Mr. Morgan. Mr. Morgan, I... Hey, you're not going to faint again, are you? No. I'm, I'm just having a hard time trying to say something. Well, I won't bite you. I, I'm sorry for the way I behaved. You're just sorry you made a fool of yourself. You don't make me angry when you say that. I don't think I'll ever be angry again with anything you say. Another screwy dame. Now, how can you... Hello. I hate to break this up, but I thought you'd want something to eat. Thank you. How's the patient, doctor, or haven't you looked lately? He'll be all right. I hope you have everything you need here, Mrs. Tabersack. The eggs may be a little hard-boiled, Oh, they're but... fine. I like them that way. You're lucky, isn't she? Well, I'm going up and get some sleep. If you need me, tell Gerard. <coughs> I followed you up here, Steve. Do you mind? Oh, suit yourself. Thanks. For what? I'd like a match. Here. Now I need a cigarette. I'll help yourself. Thanks. Uh, Steve, aren't you hungry? Nope. Let me help you take your shoes Look, off. I'll take my own shoes off. All I want to do is get some sleep. Then I'll fix you a nice hot bath. You'll sleep better. Look, Junior, I'm not hungry. I'll take my own shoes off, and I don't want a nice hot bath. You mean there's nothing I can do? Uh-huh. You can get out. You know, Mr. Morgan, you don't make me angry when you say that. I don't think I'll ever be angry again at anything you say. <laughs> How am I doing, Steve? Does it work a second time? Uh, look, you want to do something for me, don't you? Yes. Okay, then, uh, try this. Walk around me. Hmm? No, go ahead, walk around me. I don't get it. You find anything? <laughs> no. No, Steve. There are no strings tied to you. Not yet. What do you mean, not yet? Come here. Mm, I like that. Except, uh, except for the beard. Why don't you shave, Steve, and we'll try it again sometime. Harry, Harry. Yeah, Frenchie? He's here. Inspector Renard. You better come right down. Oh, no, not now, Frenchie. I gotta shave. Harry, he's got your men. He's got Eddie. He's got... Eddie? Yes. He's giving whiskey. He's asking questions. Oh, well, I'll be right down then. No, Slim, I've got no strings. Only a rope right around my neck. We pause now for station identification. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. of To Have and Have Not, starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall in a moment. Being discovered by a talent scout doesn't usually mean immediate stardom. Months of training in diction and acting may precede a starlet's introduction to the public. Our guest tonight, lovely Miss Carrie McCord, is training at Fox right now, and it looks as though big things were in store for her. 
Do you spend much time on the sets, Carrie? Yes, indeed, Mr. Keeley. When I first signed, Fox was just finishing Daryl F. Zanuck's The Razor's Edge. And I watched Gene Tierney every chance I could. Mm, an excellent way to learn technique. Well, I liked her own powers, too. Well, they were both perfect casting for Somerset Maugham's novel. I'd love to be in a picture that called for a stunning wardrobe like Jean's. You're naturally interested in clothes. Oh, yes. I used to be a model. Fashion shows especially. Well, Jean Tierney was also a model. Oh, that's encouraging. We're alike in something else, too. What's that? Our clothes get the same kind of care. Lux flakes? Naturally. I found out from the wardrobe mistress that the beautiful blouses and sweaters Jean wears in the razor's edge were washed regularly with Lux. I've used Lux for my own nice things for years. You'll find Lux is the favorite of Hollywood studios, Carrie, because it takes such good care of colors and nice fabrics. Well, that's been my experience, Mr. Kennedy. Actual tests support that, too. Carefully supervised washing tests were made by a famous laboratory on dozens of different fabrics and colors. In case after case, those washed the Lux way were still lovely, but when those washed the wrong way were faded and drab. In fact, the Lux ones stayed color fresh and new looking up to three times as long. With the high cost of clothes these days, keeping them attractive longer is important to any girl. And that's one of the reasons Lux is worth waiting for if you can't get it the first time you try. Just keep asking for it. More is on the way. Here's Mr. Keeley at the microphone. After the play, we'll bring our stars back for their customary curtain call. Here they are in Act Three of To Have and Have Not. Humphrey Bogart as Harry Morgan, Lauren Bacall as Marie. It's a few moments later. In a corner of the hotel bar, Harry Morgan finds Inspector Renard and Sergeant Coy of the Secret Police. Seated between them is Eddie. We are buying your friend a drink, Captain Morgan. We find Mr. Eddie very entertaining when he drinks. You hear that, Harry? He called me Mr. Yeah, what were you boys talking about? Yeah, I was telling him about the big moron you and me hooked onto last night. Oh, yeah. That fish was so big, me and Harry could hardly budge him. Yeah, that's right. Must have weighed a thousand pounds. Every time he takes a drink, the fish grows larger. Well, judging from what's, from what's left in his bottle, he must have started with a mackerel. And how did you finally manage to land such a great fish? Oh, didn't Eddie tell you? We didn't land him. We ran into a German submarine. Oh? A German submarine? Well, whatever it was that opened fire on us, I didn't stick around to find out. I do not think anybody could give a more logical explanation for refusing to obey the challenge of our patrol boat. Patrol boat? Oh, so that's what it was. Now, Eddie kept saying it was a patrol boat, but I wouldn't believe him. Now we get down to business, eh, Morgan? What about your passengers last night? What passengers? The ones you brought over from Angela. Would $500 refresh your memory? Oh, my memory's pretty good. For instance, I can remember you're the guy who lifted my passport and all my cash. And if your passport, the money will return. Including the 835 Johnson owed me? Why not? Now, where are they? Your passengers. Well, if these people are as important as you seem to think they are, they're going to be pretty hard for me to find. For a man of your resourcefulness? <laughs> not too difficult. Think it over. Let me know, Morgan. Come along, Coyote. Goodbye, Mr. Reddy. See me again when you get thirsty. <laughs> Them guys don't think that I'm wise, do they, Harry? They was trying to get me drunk. They don't know me, do they? Well, what happened? What did they want? The Bissack. I heard you're arranging a deal. That now thinks you will turn them in, eh? Well, that's what you want them to think, isn't it? 
What will happen? Well, uh, Renard hasn't searched this hotel yet, has he? No, not yet. Well, here's your answer. Renard doesn't want just to sack and his wife. He wants the whole setup. And what shall we do? Oh, it's not we. It's you. And you can't do anything until the Bissack is strong enough to move. Now, how about some breakfast? Sure, sure. I thought you didn't want any breakfast. Oh, how are you, Slim? I asked you before if you were hungry. Sit down. Hey, you know, Harry, them guys, they were trying to find out something. What do you suppose it is? Well, you don't know? No, I ain't got no idea. Well, that's a good way to leave it. Say, uh, you got the hiccups. Have I, Harry? Oh, yeah. Don't you think you'd better take a drink of water? <laughs> water? I'm getting out of here. <laughs> Don't you worry none about me, Harry. <laughs> yeah, well, you stay away from the police. You know, they're not going to believe that story you told them a second time. What story was that, Harry? I forgot. Well, just, uh, just beat it and keep out of sight. Sure, Harry, sure. Well, I'm starting work tonight, Steve. Hey, you're a singer now, huh? I'd be interested to know what you think. Uh, will you be there? I don't know, maybe. So you decided to drop in, huh? Yeah. I do my song in a few minutes. Like my dress. Well, you won't have to sing much in that outfit. You know, Steve, sometimes you make me so That's mad. That's why I do it. You haven't seen Eddie, have you? Not since noon. Why? Well, he left the boat and he hasn't come back. Anything wrong? Plenty. They don't look now, but there's a guy by the door. I've been following me. Keep an eye on him, will you? I'll be down the cellar. Give Mrs. Diversack my love. I'd give her my own if she had that dress on. How's your patient? That's what I'm going to find out. Much better, Harry, you see? There has been no bleeding all afternoon. I am very grateful, monsieur, believe me. Uh, well, you won't need me anymore, de Bissac. Uh, Frenchie, I'm pulling out. Uh, when? As soon as I can find Eddie. Missing? Yeah. You wouldn't go without him? No, I don't think Eddie likes that. Now, look, Frenchie. As soon as I'm gone, Renard's going to turn this place upside down. You better start figuring how and where you're going to move our patient here. It would be best if my wife and I went with you. Well, I'm still trying to get out of the jam I got into bringing you here. Just why'd you come in the first place? Did you ever hear of Pierre Villemar? Villemar's? Yeah. Hey, he was quite a guy. Vichy got him, didn't he? Didn't he? He's dead, isn't he? No, monsieur, he's not dead. He's on Devil's Island. They sent me here to get him. He's a man whom an oppressed people will believe in and follow. And just how are you going to get him off Devil's Island? You don't think much of me, do you, monsieur Morgan? You are right. I am not a brave man. Well, I'd still like to know how you're going to spring Belmont. We will find a way. If it fails, if I die, someone else will try again. There always will be someone else. Yeah. Originally, we planned to do everything from here, but now, because of my clumsiness, it is impossible. That's the reason we have to go with you. Well, they've got the docks covered. They're all over the place. How will you go? Well, they're watching me to find you. As long as I haven't got you along, I can get on my boat. There'll be a fog tonight. I can drift out beyond the breakwater before I start my engines. I'll have trouble enough without you. Harry, if only... No, Morgan is right, Gerard. This is not his fight yet. Oh, Gerard told me of your refusing Renard's offer. How do you know I won't take it? There are many things a man will do, monsieur. But betrayal for a price is not in your makeup. Well, good luck. I hope you find your friend. Thanks. Well, I'll be around, Frenchie. There are a few things I want to talk to you about before I blow. I'll be up presently. (laughs) 
sign of Eddie? No. Your friend's still at the door. Yeah, so I see. I've got a hunch the whole thing's going to blow up, and soon. Any plans to? A few. We're going to pull out of here tonight. We? Yeah. As soon as I can find Eddie, and don't look so happy about it. It'll be rough. I'm broke. If we do get out, it'll be with a couple of hundred gallons of gas and a few francs, just enough to get us to Port-au-Prince, maybe. I've never been there. I don't know when you'll get back home. It could be a long time. Could be forever. Or is that what you're afraid of? I'm hard to get, Steve. All you have to do is ask me. How long will it take you to... Oh, no. Wait a minute. Break it up with being watched. I'd better give on with another song anyway. I'll see you later on. Yeah, later on. Harry. Harry. She wants to see you. Madame de Bursac. Now, look, Frenchie, that's all over. I just took her to your room. Your what? Please, Harry. She has to talk to you. Okay. Tell Slim I'm... And I'll come to think of it, don't tell her anything. It's not much of a chance. I had to see you. It's about this jewelry. I'd like you to take these. They're all Paul and I have left. Save them until we can come for them. What if they get me before I get out? And throw them overboard. At least they won't have them. Well, suppose I never see you again. Then let it be a part payment for all you've done for us. Miss Browning. I keep barging in, don't I? When I just came in, Steve, he's on his way up. Did he see you? I don't think so. All right, get in the other room, both of you. Go on, hurry. But suppose he... And keep quiet. As soon as I get rid of her now, I'd take her back down to the cellar. Okay, Steve. Are you looking for me, Renard? Do you mind if we come in? No, not at all. And any friends of yours... Shut up. Search him. Keep your hands up, Morgan. Okay, relax. I don't carry guns. And what's on your mind, Renard? The whereabouts of Monsieur and Madame de Bursac. How would I know? Well, I thought perhaps you... Hmm. Perfume. Very nice. You like it, huh? Yes. So do I. All right, Slim. Come on out. Good evening. Mademoiselle. Well, now we are all here, except your friend, Mr. Eddie. You've got Eddie? Yes, we've got Eddie. What are you going to do with him? Oh, if you will not give us the information we want, perhaps he will. We made a mistake this morning of giving him liquor. This time we will withhold it. Oh, I couldn't stand that. He'd crack wide open. All of which you could prevent. Yeah. Yeah, I could. Um, you got a cigarette, Slim? Here. Thanks. Can't you make Eddie talk, Renard? When necessary. Uh, got a match, Slim? Sorry, I... Uh, there's some over in that drawer. You could save your friend a great deal of, uh, shall we say, discomfort? I don't see any matches, Steve. Well, there's a whole box of them. Uh, never mind, I'll, I'll get them. Uh, how much money did you offer me, Renard? Eight thirty-five and five hundred, wasn't it? Except now I don't believe I will pay anything. Yeah. Hey, you probably right. Eddie will talk. He'll have to talk. There's nothing else I can do but... But what? But this. Look out! He's got the gun! Oh! oh. Sorry, Renard. Coyo shouldn't have shot first. When somebody shoots at you, you got to shoot back. All right, Slim. Yes, Steve. You know, I'd, I'd forgotten all about the gun in the drawer. Thanks. Listen to me, Morgan. I've listened to you long enough. Now get him up. You forget we still have that drawer. So you were going to drive Eddie nuts, picking on a poor old rummy that never... and slapping girls around. That's right. Go for your gun, Renard. Your boy on the floor needs company. No, Harry, don't, don't. Get the gun, Frenchie. 
Yes, Harry, yes. Now, get over that couch right now, both of you. <laughs> Don't bother me, Frenchie. I'm getting mad. All right, Madame de Bissac, come on out. Uh, let me introduce you, fellas. This is Madame de Bissac. The other one's down the cellar, her husband. Take her down, Frenchie. Get some help. Are they both ready to leave on the boat and come back here? Slim, you pack. We're shoving off as soon as we get Eddie out. And just how do you think you will get him Shut out? Shut up. At the telephone in the hall, Renard. You're going to tell someone to let Eddie out? Oh, yes, you are. One of you. Because you're both going to take a beating until someone gets on that phone. That means one of you is going to take a beating for nothing. I don't care which one it is. But I'd like to start with you, Renard. <coughs> Where? Where is the phone? I'll, sh I'll show it here just as soon as you tie up your partner here. Yes, you hear me? I said you'll release him immediately. Tell him you'll explain later. I will explain it later. Do nothing till you hear from me. Then I'll take the responsibility. Goodbye. Thanks, Renard. Now back to my room. You've got some harbor passes to fill out. Everything is ready, Harry. If we're second, Madame, they're waiting. Yeah, we'll take them down to the wharf. Here, these passes will get them through the guards. Where will you take them, Harry? Well, maybe Devil's Island. Huh? What? Well, it's just a short stop to pick up your friend Vilma. Is he still there, isn't he? Oh, Harry, do not joke. Well, that's what you wanted, wasn't it? Oh, Harry, you see, tell more reconnaissant que tu fais that pour Well, that's all right. Just, just don't kiss me. Oh, now, Harry. Uh, why, why are you doing this, Harry? I don't know. Maybe because I like you and maybe because I don't like them. Oh, um, you'll have to take care of those guys. Renard and his pal, they're in my room. We will give you plenty of time. If you let them go, they'll come back here and burn this place down. It will be a very small fire. When Vilmar comes back, we will start a bigger fire. Okay. I'll see you at the boat, Frenchy. Everything is all right now. You look glad to see me. You know, a funny thing. Yeah, at, I know. At the police station. I've been at the police station. We're shoving off, Eddie. Ready, Slim? All ready. They're down in your cabin. Hey, what is this? She going with us? Yeah, it looks like it. She and those people we picked up. But, Harry, you mean... Oh, what's she got to... Who are you? Was you ever bit by a dead bee? Uh, was you? Yeah. You know, you got to be careful of dead bees. They can sting you just as bad as live ones. Especially if they was kind of mad when they got killed. I feel like I was talking to myself. I bet I've been bit a hundred times that way. Why don't you bite them back? I would, only I haven't got a stinger. Now I remember you. You're all right. She can come, Harry. It's okay with me. Uh, thanks. Now, I'll have the two of you to take care of, won't I? Yeah, that's right, Eddie. Throw off that line. Sure, Harry. All clear. Well, here we go, Slim. Yes, here we go. You don't have to act with me. That's what you said, remember? You don't have to say anything, and you don't have to do anything. Oh, maybe just whistle. Well, I've been practicing. Oh? Listen. You feeling happy, Slim? What do you think? Our stars will return to their curtain calls in a moment. 
Grandmother is sitting quietly in the living room. That is, until young Jane bursts in. Mother! Your mother's out, Jane. What is it? Oh, oh, hello, Grandma. Look what I just bought. A ducky new slip. Do you mean to say your mother allowed you to wear things like that? Well, why not? What's the matter with it? Silk and this. Why, in my day... But it isn't silk, Grandma. It's rayon. And I've looked all over town for a blue like this. We wore sensible clothes when I was young. Oh, but, Grandma, pretty undies make you feel so wonderful. <laughs> Sheer extravagance. Not really, Grandma. I've got lots like this, and they wear and wear. You see, I use Lux. You take care of your own things. Well, I should say so. On my clothes allowance, I can't afford to have them wear out fast. With Lux Care, they look simply swell. Sensible, Jane. Lux Care really does keep pretty undies lovely longer. Up to three times as long, in fact, color tests show. I've seen identical slips. One washed the wrong way with the wrong kind of soap, and one washed the right way, the Lux way. And you'd be amazed at the difference after 30 washings. One was faded and drab. The Luxed ones were, were still lovely looking. So, if you value your pretty things, Lux them after every wearing. If you don't find Lux Flakes at your dealers, try again soon. More is on the way to him. Lux Flakes are worth waiting for. We return you now to William Keeley. Back for a well-deserved curtain call come the stars of To Have and Have Not, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. Lauren, all our heartiest congratulations on your first appearance on the air. I'm sure there'll be many more. Thank you, Bill. Hey, see, that wasn't so bad now, was it? What if you do make a slip on the air? There's only 30 million people out there ready to jump down your throat. <laughs> you know, Lauren... You know, just a minute, Bill. The name she answers to is Betty. You only call her Lauren when you're sore at her. <laughs> okay, Bogey. As I said earlier, Betty, we've had many premieres in this theater. But tonight, I'd like to bring our audience a world premiere, something never before heard on the air. But I'm not sure Bogey would approve. But think, Bogey, 30 million people waiting breathlessly to hear it. Yeah, but think of me, my nerves. Every time I hear it, I jump. Yeah, but in spite of personal sacrifice, the audience must come first. Now, how about it, Betty? Oh, oh shall I, Bogey? Okay, honey. Thank you, Bogey. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time on the air, you're about to hear an <laughs> instrument made famous by tonight's play. Immortalized by the line, whenever you want me, whistle. It's Betty Bacall blowing the special whistle which he carries for that special purpose. Ready, Betty? Ready, Bill. Blow. <laughs> well, Bogey, I can see how you'd find that whistle irresistible. <laughs> Incidentally, Betty, I, I notice you don't use it in your current Warner Brothers picture, The Big Sleep. No, she doesn't need to. She has me hooked right from the beginning of that picture. <laughs> well, both of you do a splendid job in bringing Raymond Chandler's mystery to the screen. Thanks, Bill. What do you have coming up on Lux next week? Uh, next Monday night, we bring our audience a household full of humor, drama, and romance. It's Paramount's recent screen success, Miss Susie Slagle's. Starring Joan Caulfield, William Holden, and Billy DeWolf. One of the newest and brightest stars of Hollywood, Miss Caulfield plays her original screen role, as does Billy DeWolf, in this poignant story of a group of students in pursuit of fame and happiness and love. Oh, that ought to make a great hit with your audience, Bill. Good night. Good night. Good night, and many thanks to both of you. 
Our sponsor, the makers of Lux Flakes, join me in inviting you to be with us again next Monday evening when the Lux Radio Theater brings you William Holden, Joan Caulfield, and Billy DeWolf in Miss Susie Slagles. This is William Keeley saying goodnight to you from Hollywood. Suppose you had to do without a month's supply of soap. That could happen if used fats aren't turned in by the housewives of America. Scores of major industries need oils and grease, yet there's a shortage of oils all over the world. So if they're going to keep going, they must boost their supplies with used fats or cut into the supply of fine soap-making oils. And that would mean less soap for you. So don't throw a single drop of used fat down the drain. Your dealer will give you four cents for every pound. Heard in our cast tonight were Tim Graham as Eddie, George Sorrell as Gerard, and Jack Crucian as Inspector Renard. Our music was directed by Louis Silvers. This is your announcer, John Milton Kennedy, reminding you to tune in again next Monday night to hear Miss Susie Slagles with Joan Caulfield, William Holden, and Billy DeWolf. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. If you are ever in the San Francisco Bay Area and still love collecting or renting DVDs or VHS tapes, come check out Captain Video and San Mateo at 2837 South El Camino Real. Captain Video is open six days a week and closed on Wednesday, and one of the last traditional video stores still running in the United States. New movies you can rent for $2.99 a day. Old movies you can rent for $2.99 for five days. And if renting isn't your thing, you can also purchase anything you find in the store. Be sure to tell Ira that you heard about Captain Video from the Damn Good Movie Memories podcast. Happy renting and happy collecting at Captain Captain Video. Video. Video.